This FA Cup fifth round picks edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time, your home for the lowest price last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app today and use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using the promo code PLGP and go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter our bonus contest. Five winners will receive shirts, hats and a $50 SGPN gift card. And we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, the northeast of England. Today is Sunday, the 25th of February. We are here to look back over the League Cup final, finished a few hours back, uh, Premier League weekend as well, and then we're going to get stuck into the FA Cup. Um, midweek FA Cup action, which is a bit unusual. We've got eight games running Monday through till Wednesday. The chat is already late. We will get to that in a bit. I've got a feeling, I had a feeling tonight the chat might be uh, loaded up with silliness. But on his way down from another giant ladder, which we'll also get to momentarily, from somewhere in Nottinghamshire is Mr Barry Penaluna. Penas, how are you? Evening, I'm very good, Malcolm. Honestly, like... Not even an absolute hammering for Newcastle and a Liverpool Cup final win could spoil my weekend because I took the nil-nil today, 14-1, to cashed that. We got to the top of the ladder yesterday at 18-1, to so nothing could spoil my weekend. Um, absolutely fine with uh, with all of it. We'll get to the games and I'm surprisingly fairly positive about the two teams that we moan about the most on this po- podcast, so we'll get to that in a bit. Well, interesting. That might be the happiest I've ever seen you, Barry, in 25 years. Just this here, this little face thing. I don't think I've ever seen your little face quite so animated, yeah? I'm amazed by that. Tell you what's happened here, Baz. I've got a spot on my head so big, right? It's right up here by my hairline, but it's so big, it hurts when I blink. My eyeball hurts. It's about three inches away. Like, so that's what the band was doing when you came on and said, the folks going on here, you look like you're getting makeup. She was putting one of her, um, she has little stars. Do your kids have these things? They look like little sticky stars that you'd get on your homework. But she often comes down with them stuck on her face. So (laughs) she came down, I know, yeah. So she came down and stuck one squarely on me giganto spot up there, but it's it's distressing me. Um. Yes, Liverpool did win the cup final. Uh, Callum was first in the chat, delighted. Giving us a Chelsea get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> uh, Slick Rick is in as well. Courtney, um, brave Courtney this week because Man United got beat. That was hilarious. Uh, Lloyd was in there. Thinks Chilwell's a knob. I'll be honest, Lloyd. I noticed that Chilwell. Chilwell's talking about. Um, sorry, Lloyd was talking about Chilwell. He seemed to have a bit of a thing going with Bobby Clark. It looked like to me when Clark came on. I don't know if he was trying to rattle him up. More about the fact that kids, though, it's a man's game. Do you know what I mean? It's just part and parcel of it. It doesn't matter if a kid's 16, 17, or 31. It doesn't make a difference, does it? What a cup final. Why are you moaning about Chelsea's left back? You've just won a cup final. Concentrate on that one. Um, Michael has joined us as well. So, good evening. If you are in the chat, um, stick your hand up and say hello. Yeah, the. um, Got lo- we've got loads of stuff to get to actually before we get to the to the football really. I mean it was a, it was a good weekend for the picks. Great weekend. The the uh some good and some bad in the Prem, but overall I think it was positive. Obviously, your giant ladder, which we'll get to. Um the cup final. We absolutely it they might not have even bothered having to play that cup final. Um they should have just listened to our show and they given Liverpool and everyone could have saved themselves the time. Um, 
because we absolutely smashed us. That was good. I hit both my scorers, uh, one of which was an attempted mush in that field. Uh, so that was that was good. But where I want to start, Baz, um, is on Friday night. And it's a little story that just comes out of the Leeds-Leicester game. Because firstly, it was a really good game of football. It was two proper teams. The atmosphere at Leeds looked absolutely brilliant. Like, Did you watch the game at all, Baz? No, I didn't know. No, it was. I mean, fucking, I was at football with Bob and... We came back and Leicester were 1-0 up and Leicester battered them. Missed chance after chance after chance after chance. Um, but we said when we handicapped Leeds to win that momentum was a real thing. And then out of absolutely nowhere, Leeds score sort of 72, 78 and uh, 84, whatever it was, win the game. Atmosphere looked brilliant. Everyone was buzzing. Um, but the kid who scored the second goal, um, Archie Gray, uh, for... Leeds is my mate at Harrogate, um, who I've talked about a few times on the show. His two kids were at Leeds Academy before one of them still is uh, on the scholarship at Harrogate. The other lad's trying to make his way in the Northeast Counties League now, which is a proper hard league. Talking about kids playing men's football like Lloyd was, um, at Nairsborough Town and just on muddy pitches, getting the shit kicked out of you by big angry auctionmen every Saturday. Um, but he's still best mates with Archie Gray from their time at Leeds. Um, so on Friday night, having scored the winning goal, um, Archie Gray, four leads against Leicester, he promised me mate's kid a pair of football boots because he'd uh, he needed some new boots for the Saturday. So he worked in the night shift at Sainsbury's. So Archie Gray was at Sainsbury's at midnight taking a pair of boots. Uh, <laughs> he could have a pair of boots to wear for Nesbrit out on Saturday afternoon. I love shit like that. It's a little bit like the story of... Um, uh, Harry Kuehl buying the fish and chips for Newcastle Reserves at the Weatherby Whaler that night. Um, but that was just, it was just a funny story because it was a good game. I really enjoyed it. It was a good um, advert for, for championship football um, and really good. But I think we have to, uh, we have to get the old ladder bars. On. Before we get into the, the eye catches and stuff, um, your Manchester United Fulham corners ladder. On. Can we rewind? Because I think before we start talking about the actual games, Malcolm, First order of business, I told you, I've got a tit list entry. Um, and you've got to hear me out on this one, because honestly, when we get to the cup final and we talk about that, um, I'll be positive about Liverpool, but I've I've got right, a Liverpool okay. tit list entry. And people will think this is bitterness and it's not. I thought about this before the game even kicked off, so it was regardless of the result. It was Friday afternoon when I thought about this. In the EFL Cup, you know who it is. He's not, how is he not on the list yet? How is he not on the list? Klopp, anyway. Yeah. Um, in the EFL Cup, every week, every time he play, um, he plays Callaghan goal. That's fine. A lot of teams do that, and he'll play all the way through, and he'll play it to the final. Fine. What he also does every time is when it comes to the press conference pre-game, he doesn't turn up. He sends Pep Linders out, the, the apprentice, okay. the right left-hand man. Every single round of the EFL Cup, he does not turn up for pre-match press conference. He sends Linders out. So it's almost like he's saying... It's only the AFL Cup. You have a go this time, lad. Sends him out. He does all that bit. But then it comes to the day and you can guarantee who's front and centre, who's on the touchline. He doesn't have the apprentice on the touchline. The apprentice isn't the first one up the stairs to collect the trophy. It's Klopp there doing the fist pumps, not Pep Linders. Absolutely ridiculous. Not having it. Why is he sending Linders out? Why does he do that? Just go and do your press conference. You're the manager. That's your job. Either take the tournament serious and manage it and manage all of it. Or stop pretending like Linda's is some sort of like, oh, here's your reward. You can go and do this press conference. I'm not having it. He's a tit. Get him on. He is. Okay. is that... I'm not putting him on the tit list for that, Baz. Unbelievable. It doesn't... I think the tit list is something we what's both it... have to agree on. What's it all change. about? What's it all about? Why, what's that all about? It doesn't bother me at all, even if it's true. Unbelievable. Um... I struggled a bit with the cup final today, Baz, because uh, so it kicked off at three. I think the coverage started at two. I was watching Wolves, Sheffield United. So I thought, I'll sit Wolves on the laptop and I'll watch the build-up. Well, four times between two and three, I put the build-up on and had to turn it off within eight seconds every single time just because it was fucking unbearable. It was nauseating. First of all, it was an interview with Klopp. Can't watch that. Second time I put it on was just some Liverpool fans with Cockney accents talking. I couldn't watch that. The third time they were singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Every time I put it on, it made me want to grate my face clean off. So I like, and 
obviously we didn't know what we wanted to happen. It, before kickoff, the only suitable outcome there was that Wembley got filled with concrete and wasps. Like it was just a nightmare scenario for everything. But by the end, Baz, and maybe this is where you might want to say nice things. Um, by the end, I was okay with Liverpool winning it just because of what happened in extra time. Chelsea absolutely dropped their arse and made no attempt to win that competition with a billion-pound bleeding team against a lot of teenagers. Now, there's been a little bit too much made of the kids' no money versus the billion-pound. I get it. But <laughs> if you put those two 11s up against each other, Chelsea have got to be a bit braver. And Now, I don't know if that's the manager, the general culture, the quality of the players, whether the manager didn't, whatever they did, they fucked it up. And the the Liverpool the youngsters were absolutely brilliant. And I think maybe I'm getting a bit magnanimous in my old age, but because I've got yet, I don't have anything against any of those Liverpool kids. I haven't learned to hate them yet. Give us two or three years, and I'll have a reason to hate every one of the little fuckers. But right now I don't, so I couldn't get annoyed at them because it was just a bunch of bands out there going and winning a cup fight. They went and won that cup final. Like, um, and uh, yeah, obviously Van Dyke got the goal, 80 million quid defender, etc. But Chelsea had to do more. So I had no problem with Liverpool winning it, really. Um, either outcome was shite. So, um, yeah, I was quite happy by the end, Baz. And you said you were going to say some nice things about them as well. I will, but you've just wound me up again. This whole billion-pound bottle jobs thing. The two billion-pound teams, let's be honest. Carragher said it. This shows it isn't all just about money. And as you say, Virgil van Dijk, £70 million nodding the winner in. There's plenty of money in the Liverpool team. But an extra well, time, Baz. That, let's, let's, let's not act. That like it. in the game, it wasn't. When they had let's, Clark and was it McLaughlin and Conser. Let's not act like Chelsea are the only ones spending money. Because, fair enough, Liverpool dodged a bullet with Caicedo, but they were, Liverpool were equally willing to go and throw £100 million at Caicedo. That's that's the ballpark they're in as well. It was a good effort, but it wasn't a fairy tale pauper in the Prince effort, let's be honest. As I say, the game, I, I was the same as you. When it got to... The end. I was I was okay with Liverpool winning it. I didn't mind because yeah. I don't. I, I thought exactly the same as you throughout the game. I wanted me nil nil. I got me nil nil. And as extra time started, I was thinking I would love Chelsea to nick it in extra time because you had the Chelsea yeah. to win in extra time. But I agree for that Liverpool team to put in that effort and beat that Chelsea team. It's a great achievement. Um, they played well and they deserved it. Um, so no, as I say, no complaints. I did enjoy. The game for for a nil nil, it was a good game. I don't know how it was nil nil. Tense one in. It was quite. Um, it was on it rather than like. Wasn't a thriller minute, but I quite enjoyed the tension of it. But absolutely, I I agree with everything you're saying. Chelsea should be expecting to win that game against that Liverpool team. The lineups, you know, they should should be expecting to win it. Um, so hats off to Liverpool. Uh, as I say, I said to slick Rick. In the comments on YouTube, I hope you enjoy the win because I do. And I was the same yesterday with Arsenal. I expect to come out of any Arsenal game riled and angry and all of this lot. And I just took it on. And I wasn't bothered. We can get into that game in a bit as well. And a bit. But no, honestly, Liverpool deserve the win. I can understand why they're extremely happy with that with such a short squad. I expected Salah and Nunes to be at least on the bench today. I was really surprised. Um, when they didn't even make the bench. Um, it's still a fairly strong... I mean, you look at... It wasn't a ridiculously weak starting eleven, though, is it? Gakpo, Diaz. Fucking who else? Look at that. Plenty. But a good win. Well done, Liverpool. I'm really happy for you. And the minute the full-time whistle went, I turned it off. Like, I'm not saying I enjoyed... Well, I didn't see yeah. any of the, all the... Funnily, funnily enough, I, I didn't want I'd, to watch that. So I, I just turned it off and got on with the rest of my life. Because... Like I say, I didn't want to wallow in it, but I was—I had no problem with uh, with them winning it at all. Um, in faces in the chat here, who's joining? Uh, Benedict. Benedict is uh, one of our hardcore YouTube uh, Discord um, people. Um, Discord won't let me comment at the minute, by the way. So if any, people keep tagging me and stuff, and I promise I'm not big and rude. Um, but Discord's completely fucked up. It keeps trying to get me a security code, Baz. And as you know, I'm not very good at stuff like that, so I can't get in. Uh, James Mafia hit a 28 to 1 shot under half a goal, Liverpool win the trophy. And more importantly, up the Oldham. Luke, how are you doing? Um, come on, Baz. 
15 minutes, nearly 16 minutes, and we haven't uh, touched on your ladder yet. Are you going to hit us? Yeah, so we absolutely smashed another ladder. And the Man United-Fulham game, um, it just got off to a flyer, didn't it? And kept going and going. Actually, it, it, it stopped quite abruptly in the second half. But uh, 10 corners in the first half, we started at 12. So we got the 12 quite early. And we went all the way up to 16 and a half, I think. 18 to 1, the ladder was at the top. Um, wow. So we had all of it. 10 to 1s, 14 to 1s, 18 to 1s. There was plenty of people got on it. Um, yes, this, this, it was, I said last week, you can't just throw a ladder out every week. If you're not feeling it, you don't put it out. Um, that's the last three ladders have all hit and won. The three corner ladders in a row have all, all landed well. So um, nothing on the, on the ladder front this week on the FA Cup. But uh, we'll definitely um, be back soon with more ladder action because very popular and in very good form, the old ladder. It is, yeah. It's what, what was nice to see was the amount of people who were kind of just getting involved for different levels of stakes. Even today, uh, Frank Gallagher had a nice one, didn't he? So um, we love it when people send in the winners. But yeah, they've been unbelievable. And the thing is, Baz, it's not like you're just picking one out of a hat and throwing it out and getting lucky. Because kind of that's what I've been doing with mine. And like my, my Man City one pushed actually at 11. And then I had a Wolves one today and I thought it was a little bit unlucky. But there's a little bit of science going into it and where I'm, I've been better at the other stuff, the nuts and bolts. And when you're putting that stuff out, um, it's not happening by accident, Barry likes it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, we'll get to a couple of the eye catchers uh, in a moment because there was a couple over the Premier League weekend. Um, I'll tell you first about game time. Um, tickets for whatever you want. Comedy, sport, music, theatre. Um, it's a right pain in the arse buying them, but game time. Oh, sorting that out for you um, with killer deals. Really easy to use. Couple of taps and the tickets are in your wallet. Um, event cancellation, protection, all that sort of stuff. And the best thing, as always, is the game time guarantee meaning you will be credited 110% of the difference if you find the tickets um, in the same row or section for less anywhere. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account, redeem the code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Underdog Fantasy, a great way to play alongside you. Favourite fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, soccer and college basketball. Pick higher or lower on your favourite players' fantasy stats and cash in. SGPN is teaming up with Underdog to give even more of a bonus uh, this week. Sign up between now and the end of the month. Uh, five winners receive an Underdog hat, Underdog shirt and a $50 SGPN gift card. So use the promo code PLGP, which is our promo code. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Doug. To enter the contest for your chance to win, sign up with the promo code PLGP. Underdog, double your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, promo code PLGP. Okay. Well, Courtney. Courtney's on the payroll, yeah? She uh, she wants to point out my two YouTube shorts. I don't want to use the term mastered, Barry, because it gets bandied around quite a lot. But I think I've mastered the YouTube short format this weekend. Uh, not only are they very entertaining, easy on the eye, uh, and incredibly smooth, but also they've been chock full of winners. So, yes, thanks, Courtney. I have indeed mastered the YouTube short. Format. That's a, a, good, a good time to point out, really, that we're trying to be a, a little bit different on YouTube at the minute. We're trying to put a bit more short stuff out. Some of it will be clipped from the main podcast so that if you've listened to the podcast and you want to go back to a game, you might find we've got it clipped there. So we'd clip the Carabao Cup stuff into a five-minute segment and put it on as a fresh video. So you could look at that this morning before the game, see the nil-nil prediction, get your 14-to-1 winner from me, and move on with your rest of your day. So we've got short videos in there, but we'll be putting more and more of those um, uh, little short clips like Malcolm did. He had the two championship winners, and we'll put more of that out, and it'll be more of the sort of stuff away from the Premier League. Because the Premier League, you've got it all here. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on the YouTube. Keep following, liking, subscribing, commenting. We've got loads of people commenting last week uh, after we asked for people to help us get into the algorithm. So uh, keep that up. It doesn't take much effort. Just a little something at the end of every episode or every video. Just send something. Keep doing it. Because uh, we're ticking up. I think we're up to about 818. Uh, let us get up to 900 in the next week, people. Keep following and subscribing. 
the people who were commenting, this comment is purely for the algorithm with your favourite commenters, because I like that. Just functional, very functional, Baz. Uh, oh, for it. that reminds me. There was a uh, comment. The best comment, Malcolm, was somebody asking for an update on the Polish cat. Oh, shit, yes. Go on. So stay tuned till the end of the... We'll get the football no, out we'll of the way. At the end, we? And okay. at the end of the show, there will be an update. And funnily enough, there was an update that had happened in the day before that message came through. It was almost like he knew there'd been an update that I hadn't shared with anyone. Um, so there is a Polish cat update later on. We'll put that out after the picks, though, Malcolm. Captain uh, Sano. Hi, hi, Captain. How are you? Um, what I was going to say, yeah, those two YouTube short winners I put up were both incredibly lucky, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I'd rather be lucky than good. So there's no arguing with that. I'm not claiming there was any... Uh, they weren't particularly well handicapped, but they both cashed, so that's the thing. Um, I catch this for the weekend, Barry. I've got three. Uh, the first one I would say was Arsenal, um, who absolutely battered Newcastle. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I was hoping we could hang in. I was hoping we were going to get a minging 1-0 win. And I'll tell you what, after 30 seconds of that game, Barry, you just knew. They kicked off, rolled it back to Rice or someone. He hoofed it up the left wing. Kai Havertz got up four foot above Trippier, took it down on his chest, played a little one-two, beat a man. We minched out for a corner, and that was it. That was the last touch of the ball we had for 45 minutes. I'd taken the piss out of Everton in the afternoon for having a 0.00 XG at half-time, which I thought was the first time I'd ever, ever seen that. I thought it had to be a world record. And then we did it. I mean, typical, in it? I put it in the group chat with all the lads. Oh, nice, nice zero XG, Dave, taking the piss out of them. Um, Dave Ferran's duffel coat, issue 970p. Um, and then six hours later, we did the exact same thing. Arsenal absolutely mauled us um, with quality, with conviction, with vim and vigour. There was they had a they had a pulse like a cannon. They they just absolutely mangled us. So um I don't know what the hell Newcastle that performance. I haven't seen a Newcastle performance like that under Eddie Howe, I don't think ever before. Um, so yeah, we, that was Arsenal were absolutely worth um, catching the eye. And yeah, the second, I'll jump, one, I'll jump in there before yeah, you move on to your next one, because obviously, if, but my thoughts on it as well. Same as you, I think you knew from five minutes in the way that game was going. You could tell we were not going to be in it. And the second, the first goal went in, I knew there was no way back. And the second goal, I messaged you and said. The second goal went in, and I picked the remote up, and I was that close that to just it, yeah. turning it over. And I, I made it to half time. Um, the third goal went in, and I messaged you again. I said, I've turned it over. I'm now watching the 1% club. And you said, You sent me a picture, and you were also watching the 1% club. I was watching I the 1%. Watch, yeah. I, I, I still haven't seen Joe Willock's goal. Um, I haven't seen Arsenal's fourth goal. I just wasn't bothered by that point. Um, and as I say, I, I, Arsenal were, were phenomenal. Newcastle were very poor. It harked back to the Steve Bruce days. That first half was a typical. Steve Bruce team performance. Yeah. Um, Arsenal were outstanding. And and for that reason, I couldn't even be angry or annoyed or wound up by any of their antics or anything they did um, because they deserved everything and we deserved nothing. And my pick of the game was cards. But I did say for there to be cards, it needs to be Newcastle Those keeping it tight. Competitive. It needed to be a contest. And it wasn't a contest. From the second the first goal goes in, it was not a contest. And sure enough, there was one card early on for Odegaard. I think that was it. Um, so cards was never, ever going to happen. But uh, definitely one to put behind us. A few overreactions on Twitter and stuff, mainly from people who aren't Newcastle fans saying, oh, surely Howe's going to get the sack now. And I'm just like... I'm, it, it, I've just tweet, lost... I know exactly which tweet you're referring to. I, 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 I did respond. But you'd already done it off the off our account. Um, I, I clicked the, on that to have a bite back, but you got in before me, so uh, you were obviously just, on the it's, same page. It's just a bit lazy. I don't think it comes from anyone who's got any real knowledge of the club. At the end no. of the day, we lost to one of the most informed teams in the league who are scoring goals for fun. Um, the only three teams that have beat us since Christmas is Liverpool, Man City and Arsenal. And that doesn't cloud over the fact we're not playing very well. But I think I've decided the two biggest injuries, you know, we've been besotted with injuries this season. Joe Linton's a massive miss because Sean Longstaff's yeah. limited. He's a good squad player, but that's where he should be, a squad player. And playing him 90 minutes every single week again and again and again, we get found out. And it's the same with Miley. At his stage in his career, he shouldn't be playing 90 minutes week in, week out. But we haven't got the other options. We've got nothing there. Anderson, Willock, Joe Linton, Tonali. 
four players who would all start ahead of them too. Um, and that, that leaves us to but also the keeper. I think how many points or how many goals would we have saved if we'd had Pope in goal? Pope saves stuff where you don't expect him to. And I don't think, certainly Dubravka in the early days and then Carriers yesterday, you just don't see them making many saves. Like, Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the, the second eye catcher I've got here was Manchester United because they were hilariously bad. But... Couldn't get stuck into them because I knew two hours later, Newcastle were going to get absolutely mullered. So, again, I was dying to tweet funny stuff about Man United. I was dying to get in the WhatsApp group with me Spider-Man pyjama-wearing friends and give them some stick. But I knew in two hours' time we were going to get humiliated. So you can't. You had to yeah. just sit there and wear it. It was horrible. Because um, Manchester United, I watched a lot of that game. Um, I haven't moved off my arse in that corner since 12.30 yesterday. The only, I moved up to bed and back down. But I haven't. I've watched a lot of sport this weekend. Um, Manchester United were absolutely shocking. Fulham were really good, um, but I don't think Fulham are really good, uh, which tells you how bad Man United are. And what's made me laugh even more today is that little clip of Bruno Fernandes that's been around the internet. What a titty! Is he not on the list yet? Because that behaviour yesterday might get him on there, Baz. That's not the first time he's done that, though. I've seen clips like that before, where he's down and he's rolling, he's rolling, and then he sees the ball's coming, and he just leaps to his feet like a salmon, just and he's straight back in it as if nothing's ever happened. Like absolutely embarrassing. Uh, James Mafia saying he did indeed call uh, the Fulham win, and uh, Courtney's got the uh, Courtney's got the lingo down. I think that's the first use of the word shite from an American listener, Courtney. Uh, well done. You are absolutely correct. The word shite. I've got one more eye-catcher, Barry, and I don't think they've made it out of the eye-catchers this season. Uh, Stenhouse Muir, Baz? All right, yeah. I can't see the court in my eye this weekend. Stenhouse Muir, they should have done. Um, Scottish League 2, Barry. Stenhouse Muir, 14 points clear at the top. At home to Clyde. Clyde were eight points adrift at the bottom with no away win all season. Game finished Stenhouse Muir one, Clyde six. No <laughs> idea where that came from at all. Canel, they'd have been about a million to one. Because I thought it must have been a misprint when I saw it on the scores. And I double checked. Yeah. So yeah, 14 points clear at the top, played eight points clear at the bottom. And Clyde went and rolled them over six one bars. So yeah. Stenhouse Muir. If you want to go to Bath Clyde to beat Stenhouse Muir, share your tickets with us. <laughs> yes. We had them on the handicap, minus four and a half. Um, I want to know. So I think that's uh, that's the eye catches covered, Baz. We have talked far too long, Barry. We are going to have to motor through uh, in FA Cup games, um, but I'm going to have to motor through Hall of Fame bets first. Um, win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bets the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props and game lines, research NBA and soccer bets with historical stats and data. Put your parlays into Hall of Fame bets parlay optimizer, get hit rates broken down by leg, expected probabilities, sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot, which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Okay, Monday night, a standalone game. Just one game on Monday, 7.45, 2.45 Eastern time. Kickoff between Coventry City and Maidstone United. Coventry City are 1-7, minus 700. The draw is 8-1. to one. Maidstone United are all the way out of 14 to 1. Um, Coventry are sniffing around the championship playoffs, uh, but they had a shocker on Friday night. Um, they lost 3 0 at home to Preston. If I had time in that Friday night YouTube short, Barry, I was going to put up Coventry as a pick, but I ran out of time. That tells you how lucky I was on those. Yeah, I was going to put Coventry on. They got absolutely mauled at home to Preston. Um, but I'll tell you what, in the theme, picking all of these games, is there's been tons of goals in the FA Cup. Coventry, in the third round, beat Oxford 6-2 at home. Um, in the fourth round, they beat Sheffield Wednesday 4-1 in a replay. So tons of goals in these Cobb games. Only one clean sheet in 13, including um, the three FA Cup games as well. Um, they haven't really got the squad to make many changes. I, I asked 
I asked quickly, if you my contacts today down the leagues, Coventry, well, not down the leagues, Coventry Wolves, Forest, Leeds, um, what might be going on? Um, two or three changes for Cov. Um, Collins, the good goalkeeper, apparently will be back in goal, and Godden will play up top. Um, so not wholesale changes. Maidston, obviously, um, the story of the competition at the moment. They had a brilliant 2-1 win at Ipswich, uh, 18-1 to money line shots in the last round. Currently sitting fifth in the National League South. The form's a little bit middling with Maidstone. They've got no real patterns. It's hard to find an angle in, as usual. Um, I took Maidstone in the last round to score at Ipswich and hit it. Um, but being cynical, having watched that game, Maidstone never kicked the ball for the first 42 minutes. Uh, and then somehow got a breakaway and scored. And I think there was 6-4 to four plus 150 to score that game. Um this time round, they're four to five minus one twenty-five, so I think it's too short. And also by that token, both teams to score was nine to ten. Um, sorry, both teams to score no, it was nine to ten minus one eleven because that's what I'm hearing to. I think the prices have just contracted too much on Maidstone to get a goal here. Um, so Coventry to win and both teams to score no. Is sitting at even money. Because, like I say, you can have the both teams score no at 9 to 10. It's not going to finish nil-nil. Cov will get three or four goals here. It's rather not Maidstone can get one. And honestly, I don't think they should. They did great last time. Um, but the price has just gone the other way. So Coventry to win. Both teams to score no. Even money, plus 100. Yeah, so yeah, we're kicking off with a sort of fairy tale story of Maidstone. And, and it's... It, it's a hard one to handicap in a way because you sort of you looking at you look at the I started by looking at the form lines. Um, what have they done since the win over Ipswich and what a comment? And then I just thought, why am I doing this? Because it doesn't matter, does it? None none of their league form really matters. Um they've just lost back to back games, I think, or they lost certainly lost their last game. They lost to Averley um in the last game in the league. But as I say, that it, it just doesn't matter. You you're, you're looking at a completely standalone game from from what any of them are doing in the league. But then how do you have a kneecap? Because you look at the form and you look at the respective positions in the league and the obvious outcome is that comfortable Coventry win. Um, 1-7, where do you go with that? I don't think there will be the fairy tale ending here. I think it will come to the end of the road and and, and you know a good journey it'll have been for Maidstone. I'd love to see them take another step, but I just don't think they will. I think this will be a step too far. And, and whilst I often sort of look at championship teams as a, as a potential banana skin or a potential sort of slip up because if they're in the promotion hunt, how much do they care about the chat, the, the FA Cup when they're going for playoff positions, promotion and stuff like that. But I think if you're in the last 16 as a championship team and you're up against a non-league side, you don't waste the chance of getting a place in the last eight of the FA Cup. So I don't see Coventry yeah. making tons of changes. You've mentioned the same. You don't think there'll be wholesale changes because it is a big opportunity to get into that last eight, and you get another favourable draw, next thing you know, you could be in a cup semi-final. So we're getting to the business end now. It's a good opportunity for Coventry. I think all Coventry will win. I think they'll win comfortably like you. I've taken Coventry to win both halves uh, at even, so yeah. it fits in you a little oh, bit. If there's, if there's no goal from Maidstone, you've got every chance with that pick. So again, looking for someone around evens, it's not always easy when you've got a one-to-seven favourite. That's where I've gone. I think Coventry to win both halves um, will have a decent chance. It's a great pick, Barry. I absolutely adore that pick. Uh, Jar Plays has joined us um, asking uh, what 9 to 10 is. Minus 111. We try and give out uh, the UK and the US prices, although he's just moved to Germany as well. So if you need any help in the chat, uh, just give us a shout. Uh, three games on Tuesday night start with a 7 30 kickoff between Bournemouth and Leicester City. Bournemouth are 13 to 18. Minus one thirty-eight, the draw fourteen to five plus two eighty, and Leicester are out at fifteen to four plus three seventy-five. Barry, yes, yeah, so Bournemouth find themselves right in a slump of form at the moment, don't they? They really sort of caught everyone's eye not that long ago, but now no win in five in the league. Um, maybe the FA Cup might provide some respite here. They have beaten two Championship opponents along the way. They beat QPR and Swansea, scoring eight goals against those two sides. And they're now facing championship leaders, Leicester. But Leicester are having a bit of wobble of their own at the minute. Back-to-back defeats to Middlesbrough and Leeds have suddenly seen the championship title race 
become a little less certain because it did look like Leicester were just going to get away. And I think now leads back to what within six or seven points. Leicester, six. Leicester therefore might see this as a bit of a distraction because the priority is definitely promotion back to the Premier League. So up against Premier League opposition, it's like it's the opposite of what I said against Coventry, where Coventry can afford to sort of just try and go for it because they've got a good chance of going through anyway. Leicester are underdogs here and they might just think, bollocks to it. Um, possibly. We'll see whether the lineups come out. My first thought here was, was Bournemouth team total over one and a half goals. I think Bournemouth have always got goals in them. It's 8 to 13. It's a little shorter than I'd like. So yeah. I've just kept it straightforward. It's still a short one, but I'm just going to take Bournemouth to win. I think Bournemouth to win here at a slightly better price of 8 to 11 is okay. Um, I just think Bournemouth will want this a little bit more than Leicester to get back into some sort of form. Um, and Leicester have other priorities. Bournemouth to beat Leicester at 8 to 11 for me. Um. Yeah, I agree. Um, the team news, Barry, again, I've reached out to quite a lot of people today. Um, wholesale changes for Leicester City is what I've been informed. Um, so I've actually fancied, just at the odds, instinctively, I thought Leicester would be live here. And then, like I say, I had a little sniff around and I was told wholesale changes for Leicester. Um, how accurate that is remains to be seen, but um, it means I'm I'm out on Leicester. Um I took an under in the last round, Bournemouth. It took on Swansea City um, in the last game. And I took an under being a clever shite. Um, and it finished 5-0. I think it was 4-0 by half-time, do you remember? It was yeah, one of the worst good. picks we've ever given out in 158 episodes. That was up there. Um, believe it or not, Leicester with the 2021 FA Cup winners. Can you remember that, Matt? I can't uh, now you mention it. I wouldn't have wouldn't have no, given them the wrong position. Why did it? Uh, it seems like a true or false thing. Um, again, goals to beat Birmingham 3-0. They beat Millwall 3-2 in the previous two rounds. Um, like I say, on Friday night, they absolutely battered Leeds for 70 minutes. But, like we say, wholesale changes. It's quite a bit of a shootout about it. Um, the over two and a half goals is short. It's 3-5. to five. Um, But you could put that in your acker. I think I've got no problem if you want to put the over two and a half in your acker. So I've got two options here. Over three and a half is 6-4 to four plus 150. But a little bit safer is the both teams to score with over two and a half. And that's at six to seven, minus one, one, six. I think Bournemouth will do them in. I think they'll do them in three, one. But Leicester have got a goal in them. So both teams to score over two and a half, six to seven, minus one, one, six. A quarter to eight kickoff on Tuesday, um, 2.45 Eastern time. There's Blackburn Rovers against Newcastle United. Blackburn 17 to four. Plus four twenty-five. The doors at four to one. The Newcastle are nine to seventeen, minus one eighty-eight. Um, Blackburn are finding things a bit of a struggle at the moment. New manager John Eustace came in. Um, they've had three draws in a row, but they've only got one win in thirteen. Um, so I'm no interest in them springing a surprise either. Um, loads of goals in their cup games. Talked about Cov earlier on. Um, they beat Wrexham 4-1 and beat Cambridge 5-2. So, tons of goals there. Newcastle were terrible on Saturday. And on that form, in fact, on the last month's worth of form, it's impossible to see Newcastle keeping a clean sheet. I mean, Luton scored four, Bournemouth scored two, Forest scored two, Arsenal scored four. Um, but in this competition, they have kept two. They, they, in a very similar comparison game, the East passed Sunderland 3-0, and then we won 2-0 at Fulham. So, I think Newcastle will win. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more determined to do better than they did on Saturday as well. I think there'll be a, a stiffening of the back after what happens at the weekend. Um, both teams to score is far too short at one to two. Uh, so, I do, like I say, I think Newcastle will win. I would give Blackburn a goal, but again, I think the safer bet, just in case Newcastle, I'm, I'm giving us a Newcastle 3-0. Uh, is an option here. So I'm going to take Newcastle to win with over two goals because um, they might nick it 2-1. But just in case Blackburn don't get one and Newcastle get the 3-0, Newcastle to win in over two goals is 5-6, to six, minus 120, Barry. Yeah, like you, I think Newcastle will win this. Blackburn on in good form, currently in 16th in the league. And they're not comfortably out of relegation danger either. They're only four points above the relegation places at the moment. And in their current form, 
it's got to be a bit of a concern for them. Um, they've made a managerial change recently with Eustace taking over from John Dahl Thomason, the former Newcastle striker. So no reunion there with his old club. But they've only won league win in the last 13 games. Um, they have drawn the last three. So unbeaten in three. But I think Newcastle have to go pretty much full strength here. The, the season for Newcastle is in danger of fizzling out if they don't progress in this one. I think this is the one thing that gives us a little bit of, uh, of of hope for the remainder of the season, really, is the FA Cup, potentially. Don't get me wrong, if we get through, we'll probably draw Liverpool or, or someone like that in the next round. But um, I think they have to go for it. Willick and Isak back from injury at the weekend was a plus. I mean, it didn't show on the pitch, other than the Willick goal off the bench, which is a bonus. Um, I think Newcastle can afford to be strong because they've got a lot more rest between games at the moment than they did pre-Christmas. And one thing, Newcastle do score goals. I think uh, they've not been shut out now in 10 games, despite being in sort of inconsistent form. They're scoring regularly enough. Over two and a half hitting seven straight league games. Newcastle have scored three in three out of the last five games. They scored three against Forest, Villa, Luton. And even in defeat, they've got a couple of goals against Liverpool. They've got a couple of goals against Man City. They even scored last night when we never, ever looked like getting a shot on goal, never mind a, a goal. Um, I think Newcastle will get goals. Um, similar to you, it will be a 3-0 at least. Newcastle to score three or more goals against Blackburn is my pick. It's 6-5 plus 120. OK, confident there, Baz. Um, 8 o'clock kick-off Tuesday. Luton Town taking on Manchester City. Luton are nine to one. The draw is four to one. Manchester City are three to ten. Um, minus three thirty-three. Baz. Yeah, so Luton coming to this well rested. No game this weekend. Um, after a three-game losing streak, though, where where they, you know we've talked about them being more competitive in games recently, but they're getting nothing in the way of rewards recently. Um, They've conceded 13 goals in the last four games as well, Luton. But they do continue to score in every game. I'd take them to score again here. City ran out 2-1 winners after going behind Luton in the league game, in the most recent league game, that is. So I don't think City have been convincing in the last few weeks. They had that draw against Chelsea, followed up with unconvincing 1-0 wins against Brentford and Bournemouth. So I decided after that, because... That that led me down at the weekend. I decided after that I didn't want to be taking City handicaps for a while until they sort of look like clicking again. But I am prepared to go for goals, and it's not City goals this time. And I'm going to take the match total because I think Luton can contribute themselves. Luton games have gone over two and a half goals in seven straight, and four of the last five goal games for Luton have seen over 3.5. Luton are, con- are contributing in games, as I say. They haven't been shut out. For a long time, but they are conceding plenty. I considered both teams to score an over two and a half goals at six to five, but I decided for a similar price just to take the over three and a half in case City do have one of those games. Pick for me, Luton v Man City is over three and a half goals at five to four plus 125. Well, Baz, um, bit of a crossfire here because. I've been absolutely delighted to not be involved. I'm really quite proud of myself to not be involved with the Manchester City handicaps for the two 1-0 wins. No team totals, no handicaps, been okay. Um, but I think the longer that's gone on, and Slick Rick's just hit the nail on the head in the chat there, he's, yeah, I keep expecting City to get right and absolutely crush someone. Could this be the one? And yes, this is the one. Because um, I think Luton, for a start, are going to make changes. Uh, they have done in the cup before. They drew nil-nil with Bolton last time out because they're right in the guts of that relegation fight. I mean, you might expect it. They're not tailed off like Burnley and Sheffield United. They're right in it. And this is an absolute afterthought for them. Um, and I just think even, even this game, probably a month ago, Baz, you can get Man City on the handicap here. At 11 to 12, minus 108. The month ago, that would have been four to six or something like. Um, and I just think the fact that it, it's gone the other way now, so I think they can um, they can get away from Luton. Both teams' recent form has made this handicap backable, uh, so I'm over the moon to take it. Rick's absolutely right. Uh, Michael is throwing out the um, City keeper saves uh, if Luton have a bit of a go, but I'm going to take Manchester City on the handicap uh, minus one and a half goals. 
I'm at 11 to 12 minus 108. Okay, we have four games on Wednesday, starting with uh, 7.30 kickoff. Chelsea, 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 taking on Leeds United in a repeat of the 1970 FA Cup final, Barry. Chelsea are 1-2, two, minus 200. The draw is Burlington Bertie, 100-30, plus 333. And Leeds were 11-2 this afternoon, um, into 5-1. to one. Nipped in half a point, probably on the back of Chelsea going to extra time. Um, so, yeah, Chelsea, just a wasted chance for them today. They didn't, at no point were they the better team, even in the early stages. Liverpool made all the running. They had the possession, they had the territory, they had the better chances. And then in extra time, I've no idea what Chelsea were attempting to achieve, but a lot of their players are shite as well. Me and Bob were laughing at Madueke because every time he got the ball, he A, made a terrible decision, and then B, fucked up whatever that decision was. So if he's, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try an 80 yard diagonal, which was the wrong choice. He would then just get that wrong as well. So he couldn't do anything. And um, Mudrick came on and did terrible things. A weak manager in ridiculous ownership. The whole thing's a mess. The league form's still all over. So I do want to factor in Leeds in some form here. They've won nine in a row. Um, sources, Baz. I've been at the sources again. The Leeds United sources. Uh, they said Leeds are going full strength. Apparently. Um, so, if Chelsea make a few changes and even slightly off it, Leeds are on an absolute roll. Yeah, Leeds can punish them, Baz. I'm going for the big dog. I'll take Leeds at 5-1, to one, Barry. Bear in mind as well in this round, there's no replays. Um, it's a very unusual mid... There's never been a midweek round of FA Cup games. They've changed the rules to get this midweek round in and they've scrapped the replays. Um, so, this goes straight to... I don't think there's no extra time here. They go straight to Penos after 90 minutes. Um, so Leeds to qualify uh, is at three to one. So you can take Leeds to win at five to one, or just to make it through the tie um, at three to one. Yeah, I, I didn't want to get clever with this one. I just thought you have to wonder how much today is taken out of Chelsea physically, mentally, and then with Leeds in fly and form at the moment. You said yourself last week about the momentum. Leeds have got that. And they could take advantage here of, of the wounded beast in Chelsea after today's game. It just jumped off the page to me as a potential underdog. Exactly the same pick. Leeds to win at five. Well, it's not the same pick. I'm taking them in 90 minutes. I think Leeds at five to one are worth yeah. a go. Um, Leeds haven't lost away from home in six games now. I think they've won five of the six. The other one was an extra time in a cup competition. Chelsea haven't won in the last two home games. They got beat off Wolves. Wolves put four past them there as well. Leeds can go there and cause them trouble. If, as you say, if they're full strength, Chelsea, a little bit wrecked after after today. I think good value. Leeds to beat Chelsea at five to one is my pick. If you want to hedge it a little bit, you've you've picked another way of taking it. Leeds to to um, qualify. Um, Leeds on the double chance win or draw in ninety minutes is eleven to eight is, is another option. But yeah, I'll be bold. Leeds to win in ninety minutes, five to one. Uh, just to redress what I said earlier on, there is extra time. No replays, uh, but it's extra time and penalties, so it's not straight to penalties after the 90 minutes. Um, all right, team ride on the big dog then, Baz. Love it. Um, what time is this next one off? 7.45, 2.45 Eastern time. Is Nottingham Forest taking on Manchester United. Forest 5-2, to two, plus 2.50. The draw is 13-5, plus 2.60. Man United 21-20, 20, plus 105, Baz. But I'm still in full fade mode of Man United and glad yeah. glad to be in full fade mode. And it's supported by the weekend's result and the weekend's performance. I think the Hoyland injury, Benedict mentioned in the chat before, is a big setback for Man United. I think they've rode their luck in recent weeks. So anyway, even with Hoyland there, I think they've been very fortunate to pick up some of those results lately. And there was nothing that surprised me about that Fulham result the other day. I think it's been coming for a while. And it might have been a late winner for Fulham. But it wasn't undeserved on the performance, as you say. Fulham thoroughly deserved that win. Man United might win this, they might not. But I'll just take. I'm, 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 I'm looking for goals. I've skipped ahead of me notes a bit. Forest goals is, is what I'm looking at here. Forest was scoring losers again. Lost four two yesterday. They've still scored in every league game since Nuno joined them back in December, and they've scored two in each of their last three games, even in defeat. 
They conceded two to Newcastle in a 3-2 defeat. Sorry, they scored two to Newcastle in a 3-2 defeat. They scored two against Villa in a 4-2 defeat. And I can't remember, they had a 2-0 win against West Ham. So they're regularly scoring. So, as I say, Forrest might get a result, maybe not. Who knows which way it goes. But I think this Man United team is starting to look thin at the back again. Martinez is injured again. Shaw's injured again. And it just starts to look a bit roby. Fulham scored two. Wolves put three past Man United. Christ, even Newport put two past Man United in the last round. Forest team total. <laughs> Forest team total versus Man United. Over one and a half Forest goals is 13 to eight. That's where I've gone here. My notes run to about 12 words here, Baz. Um, I can't, I don't care who Man United are playing, you can't bet them. In like you just said, even the games they've won have been completely and utterly unconvinced and they've been dead lucky. Um, Courtney. Nail on the head. Two-word handicap from Courtney. Take Forrest. Uh, Forrest at five to two, Baz. Only uh, pick. And also, my sources, Nibs, um, says Forrest will go full strength as well. Um, so, yeah, I spent a lot of time uh, getting into these sources today, Baz. I've been uh, I've been networking to bring us the early team news here, uh, messaging Nibs and Benny and people like that. <laughs> um, 7.45 on Wednesday is Wolverhampton Wanderers. Against Brighton and Hove Albion. That's got to be the two longest names in English football taking on each other, I think. Do you not reckon? Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers are six to four plus 150. The draws 11 to four plus 275. And Brighton are, in fact, they're six to four plus 150. It's a match. It is a match on the books, Barry. Um, so Wolves were functional, might be a polite way of saying it against Sheffield United today. Actually, um, didn't think they were going to hang on. Sheffield United were uh, in and around the Wolves penalty area for quite a lot of the time in the last 20 minutes, couldn't score. Um, so Wolves did sneak that one 1-0. One Again, Wolves are going to go full strength, Barry. Uh, I have this on authority. And Brighton are just a bit weird, aren't they? Nearly fell into the trap on Saturday. Um, despite Everton having a 0 0.00 half-time XG, and getting roundly battered in the first half. They then went 1-0 up after 70-odd minutes, and I was laughing at myself, just like we talked about this so much. Um, and they did luckily get a 94th-minute equaliser. Um, but they've also thrown in enough low scorers for me to not want to get involved in the goals here, because they had those couple of 0-0 draws. There was 1-1s. One they had a load of 1-1s, didn't they, uh, in a row. They had another 1-1 one -one at the weekend. So I was struggling to split them. The Brooks can't split them, Baz. And I couldn't split them. So at that point, I'll take the draw. And um, the draw's at 11 to 4, plus 275. But, Barry, it's not a 1 1 draw. It's a 2 2 draw, this one. Uh, so that's about 14 to 1. Uh, but the main pick, Baz, is going to be Wolverhampton Wanderers and Brighton to draw at 11 to 4, plus 275. We haven't got a jingle for that one. Um, no, I would have had this. Draw, Pat. Get in. If what I... are you doing? If I had to guess, I would have said this is your 1-1 of the week. Uh, as you say, the books can't split them. And it's easy enough to see why. Wolves, as you say, a bit hard to predict because Spurs and Chelsea results were really, really good wins. Then there was the loss to Brentford in the middle of it. Um, and I, th I thought, I didn't think they were great. Like you today, the vet Sheffield hang in the game. And Sheffield created enough, um, you know, they've done enough to get the win. But it was a bit close for comfort. Brighton, I looked at Brighton. You talk about their goals and how there's been some low scorers. It seems Brighton can only win a game if they score four goals or more. If they don't score four, they don't win. And that's that's not to say teams are scoring three against them every week. But the last five wins for Brighton, they've won 5-0, 4-1, 5-2, 4-2. That's five wins in a row where they've scored four goals. Bizarre. Um, when they win, it's all guns blazing. But... There's been plenty of draws. You've mentioned the 1-1s and the nil nils. There was a nil nil in this game just a few weeks ago in the league. Uh, Brighton have drawn four of their last nine. And in a similar matchup in the third round, Wolves needed a replay against Brentford. As you say, there won't be any replays here, but I think it's a similar sort of situation. So exactly the same as you. My pick here is Wolves v Brighton to draw at 11 to 4 plus 275. Okay, the last game on the card here is an eight o'clock kickoff on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Liverpool against Southampton. Big old odds movement here, Barry. Um, assuming 
Uh, more injuries and extra time for Liverpool will be the catalyst. Because I handicapped these games at 11 o'clock this morning. Liverpool were 1 to 3, minus 300. And now closer to 1 to 2, minus 200. The draw was um, 4.5 to 1, it's now 3.5 to 1. And Southampton were 8 to 1 this morning. And now 11 to 2, plus 550. Um, so movement in favour of Southampton on the back of that game. Um, so Liverpool were good enough today. We've talked about it a lot. We don't need to talk about it um, anymore. Uh, but I can see almost a, an entire second team on uh, Wednesday night against Southampton. And not even through choice because there's nobody else left available. Like So I just think they'll run out those kids. Southampton um, were right in the mix in the Championship and still are really. But have had two home defeats in a row and they're down to fourth. Five points off an automatic promotion spot. Um, I've got no real idea what Southampton will do with the team. Um, but I think the amount of changes Liverpool will make, they will keep the big hitters on the bench if they've got any left, just in case they need them. But I don't think they're going to start. Um, we saw Luton leave 1-0 last week, last midweek, um, at Anfield at half-time. So I'm going to give Southampton a chance to keep it close. You know Liverpool will do something lucky and win late on. Um but Southampton plus half a goal in the first half, Baz, is 11 to 10 plus 110. So I'm going to take Southampton to keep it close. I'm not going to say they'll be leading it half time, but it could easily be nil nil. Uh, and Southampton with a half a goal head start, 11 to 10 plus 110. Well, we've been in sync for a lot of this, but um, we've gone polar opposites. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if your first half bet wins, then we're going to need a second half like Liverpool had against Luton because I have taken Luton. I think I just think it's hard to oppose Liverpool in current form. Even with the injuries, they're getting the job done against whoever they're up against. They might welcome back one or two this week. Personally, I'd be surprised if they want to bring anyone back into the squad who wasn't deemed fit enough today. So if Salah and Darwin weren't fit enough for the bench today, I'd be surprised if they're involved midweek. Um, but... It's the same as the Chelsea. You do have to wonder how much was taken out of Liverpool today. But for, but for them, unlike Chelsea, it's just the physical side because mentally they're they're coming out of it on a high and they've got the momentum we talked about earlier. And I think that, that again, could carry them through this. Um, Southampton had been on a massive 25 games unbeaten run at one point, Southampton. They've now lost three of their last four, including two straight. I think they've dropped off. They might be a team who do want to focus on the league. So Liverpool might make a few more changes. I think they'll be strong enough, though. And I think any version of Liverpool that is put out on Wednesday will be better than Millwall, better than Hull, better than Bristol. Three sides who've just beaten Southampton in the last couple of weeks. So I think Liverpool at Anfield have now won six straight and five of them have been by two or more goals. I think you've got to take Liverpool again here. Just for the momentum and the form and everything, I think Liverpool to win by two or more goals at 11 to 10 is a good enough price for me. I don't care what version of starting lineup goes out. The pick for me is Liverpool minus 1.5 on the handicap at 11 to 10 plus 110. I don't like that at all, Barry. Uh, so we'll see. Um, Saxon R6 is in the chat. Saxon, how are you doing? Um, what's that crest on your little? Um, I don't know what's the word, Baz. What's the avatar? Is it what's a, yeah. I don't oh, know. Um, I can, I, is it a bull or some something? Anyway, let us know what that crest is, Saxon. It's interesting. I can't make it out with my old eyeballs. Um, did you pick any exotic stuff from these games, Baz? No, not at all. Um, not yet. Well, no, not not from these games. I haven't picked any fancy stuff other than we've obviously got a big underdog there in Leeds to beat yeah. Chelsea. Uh, I haven't picked out any accumulators. I probably will pick something out, but it's likely to be EFL stuff. There's loads of League One Championship. So, again, another pointer towards the YouTube uh, channel. Make sure you're looking out there because we're putting some more of the short stuff. So, I will put a, an EFL pick or two out on the short stuff this week. So, keep an eye on that on YouTube um, when I get a chance. I just haven't had a chance to have a look at it yet, so I don't have it at this point. Champion, no bother. Um, yeah, I didn't bother with any fancy stuff either, apart from, uh, again, repeating that Leeds were our big underdog. Um, I remind people that MLB seasonal previews start on Tuesday, divisional previews. I think Moonaf and Scotty Too Hotty are going on Tuesday, and then me and D-Rock are going with the NL East, I think. Um, 
I did have a, actually, Baz, I'll tell you this. Do you remember last Sunday I had a 50 pence free bet? Um, and we tried to find a 10 million to one winner with it. So it's a little game on Sky Bet, Baz. I showed you me, I screenshotted it this week. And you get to like scrub off a square every day and it gives you a team. And if they win, you, you get five teams over the course of the week. So last week, two of my teams won, Baz. I won 50p. This week, all five won, Baz. It was unbelievable. I scribbled off Manchester City one day. I scribbled off Arsenal. I scribbled off Villa. I scribbled off Wolves. And then I got the band to scribble one off. She scribbled off Fulham away at Man United. So I was foaming with her. Anyway, all five hit. So I won a £20 free bet, Baz. So I stuck a £20 free bet on... I did a five-timer on the baseball, Baz. Paid 183 to one uh, to win us £3,700 to take us to Vegas. Um, at the back end of October. So that's what I did with that 20 quid. Uh, Callum saying he plays the same game and keeps getting Sheffield United. Well, I hit five out of five this week, Callum, so it is possible. Um, Barry, before we let the people go, you need to tell us about the Polish cat. Yes, first of all, a little recap about the Polish cat, because Callum said, what the fuck is this about the Polish cat? So for those that weren't listening a few weeks ago, or um, actually it might have been before Christmas, it was a while ago now, was it? I can't remember. It was a I think it was while ago. Christmas. Um, basically, my mother-in-law lives in Hull. Uh, she has a Polish neighbour, or she did have a Polish neighbour. Polish neighbour was moving back to Poland. Packs the van up on the day, all the boxes in, everything's up. Starts the van, ready to go. But before he does so, he knocks on the mother-in-law's door and says, you need to take my cat. Uh, she says, I'm not having your cat. I don't want nothing to do with your cat. I'm not looking after a cat. So at this point, he just throws the cat and then drops a bag on the floor, which has got lots of cat food in it. Jumps in his van, he's away, he's gone. That's it. He doesn't know what to do. So she kicks the cat out. She's not interested in the cat. Seemingly, she must have took the food in. Um, I think she made a few phone calls to charities and stuff like that. And they were very inquisitive, like almost accusatory, like as if she had this cat that she didn't want anymore and she was trying to foist it off on a charity. So she's telling them the story. And they were like, but how do we know it was your neighbour's cat? How do we know it's not your cat? So at this point, she just gives up. She's like, I'm trying to help this cat out. I'm trying to get you to come and rescue it. If you don't want to, so be it. But she is a soft touch. So for the preceding, the, the following two months or so, she hasn't had the cat as such. But she does open the door every morning and put a bowl near the door with food in. So it's cat food every day. So she's now buying cat food. at this. She claims she doesn't own the cat. But she's now essentially taken ownership by virtue of the fact she lets it in the kitchen to come and eat. And then it'll sit yeah. in the kitchen for a few hours to keep warm. And then it kicks it back out and the next day the same. So for months and months this has gone on. Um, where she, she's constantly moaning. She needs rid of the cat. But at the same time, continuously feeding the cat. Um, cat's going to keep coming back, isn't it? Um, but the development last week, Malcolm, was this. The cat turns up one day last week with a collar on. Ooh. So this is this is a bit strange. And um, the notice from the collar is, is something dangling from it, a little barrel. So they looked at the barrel and said, I wonder if there's anything in that barrel. So they get the gets a hold of the cat, gets the collar, unscrews the barrel, and there's a note inside it. So she rolls out this note. It's like a carrier pigeon carrying messages. So she rolls out the note and it just says, is this cat homeless? Because I've been feeding it for several weeks now and I've no idea if it's owned by anyone. So somebody else is obviously doing exactly the same thing, opening the door every day, feeding the cat. And the cat's getting warm there, then coming away, I get a bit more food here. So then she writes the note back saying, yes, the cat is homeless. My Polish neighbour had it. Give it to me. I don't want it. Blah, blah. And then rolls it up, puts the note back in. And now this cat's going back and forwards, sending messages between the two households. I've no idea. That's as far as I know. I don't know if the, anyone has now assumed full ownership of the said cat. But as long as Helen's mother continues to keep putting food for that cat, it'll keep coming back, won't it? Uh, but I did find it quite amusing that the cat is now carrying messages between two different households. They've no idea where the other house is. It could be their next door neighbour. It could be someone two blocks down the road. Um, no idea. But there's, there's a lot of uh, messaging going on now between cat and the two households. Quite amusing. That is million percent, Barry, like a Netflix rom-com thing, like a four-parter. <laughs> I, I said this is how it starts. It'll be a start of a yeah, big yeah. romance or something. She's definitely going to end up shagging whoever's <laughs> putting stuff in that barrel. Like, 
He's not the only one getting its barrel filled. Um, well, that was fascinating, Barry. Congratulations on that. Was a good story. I enjoyed that. Um, I apologise for casting aspersions on Helen's mother. I'm sure, she's a lovely lady. Um, an hour and five minutes. That was bad. We took far too long, but I quite enjoyed it. We had lots to talk about. Um, is that it? Can we go now? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Lee very rightly says, if anyone has just tuned in, they'll wonder what the fuck is going on. Uh, yeah, we apologise. The first 25 minutes and the last 10 minutes are generally gibberish. Uh, you get about eight minutes of the good stuff in the middle, but you have to save your time uh, before you allow that. Right, we'll come back on um, Wednesday for Premier League next weekend. Hopefully chock full of winners. Thanks everybody who was in the chat. Because it was uh, full of beans, as always. Callum's bouncing, other people not so much. Um, good luck with all your picks. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'm going to squeeze this spot and we will see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>